shall look and say indeed we are handiworks of our great master Lord we thank you so much for how far you have brought us we thank you for your unending mercy and faithfulness towards us 
He says, of the mercies of the Lord that we are not consumed. It's of your kindness that we have not been consumed. We say thank you for all your goodness and mercy. We set our eyes on you this afternoon, Lord. Meet with us, Lord. Speak to us as individuals. Speak to us as a group. And I pray that all that you have prepared for us, Lord, we shall miss out on none in the name of the Lord Jesus. We give you all the honor and glory for you deserve it, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. you may be seated. If you can see if you are standing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Today, how many Sundays did we have in October again? Was it five? It looks like three to me. So this is the last Sunday already. But we thank God for his grace that has brought us thus far. The Lord gave us a word at the beginning of the month that this shall be our month of fruitfulness, that we should lay emphasis on that and that he will be opening great doors for us that we may be fruitful. I'm sure that door is not shut yet. And the Lord gave us Leviticus chapter 26 verse 9 as the anchor for the month. Leviticus chapter 26 verse 9 says, For I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful. Multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. Hallelujah. I think in one of the Sundays we mentioned that the number one prerequisite for fruitfulness is what? Favor. And, and we, by the special grace of God, we are able to establish that you cannot be fruitful without God's input. And that input is not necessarily dependent on what you do. It's just his goodness and his mercy that makes it happen. And, and through the scripture, we see that in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, the Bible said that the church had favor with the people and they grew. And so that's one area where ourselves we need to begin to look more closely at that God will grant us favor in our neighborhood, we grant us favor in our city, we grant us favor in the nation, and we shall increase and multiply in Jesus' name. And on the personal note, there was a man, Isaac, in Genesis chapter 26, verse 12. The Bible says, even though there was famine in the land, this man found favor with God somehow, and he prospered. And I think we can all connect with that at a time like this when you can see there are famine in the land and all over the world, economic downturn and all the rest of that. But with favor with God, it is still very possible to be fruitful. And I'm sure that is the plan and purpose of God for you and I in Jesus' name. Then last week, and I will connect the two right now, last week we mentioned that we must learn to reduce things to the smallest possible size. Remember? And we call it reductionism. We said that complex issues are better shrunken and made simple. And we said at the end of the day, this fruitfulness that we are talking about can affect many areas of our life, bringing souls to Jesus Christ in our characters, in our finances, in our jobs. But we can reduce everything to just one simple statement. That is, your life is so beautiful that it can be replicated in other people. And so that is the essence of fruitfulness. That is, Jesus Christ, our Lord, said that in um, John chapter 15, 
that he has, we have not chosen him. He said, you have not chosen me. And that's verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and do what? And ordained you that you go forth and bear fruit and that your fruit may what? May abide. So he was saying that you should be in such a position in which as you go outside there, people look at you and before they know it, they just want to be like you and you point them to Jesus and it shall be recorded on your own account that you have replicated yourself. And so that should be our goal. So there we left it last week. But before we go on, I want us to read the particular passage that we took verse 9 from and read it in context. And then I will look at what exactly the Lord will have us uh, mention today and pray into. So please turn with me once again to Leviticus 26 and I read from verse um, 3 this time. Amen? Are you still there with me? Well, Leviticus 26, verse 3. He said, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last to the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last to the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. I will give you peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts, and the sword shall not go through your land. You will chase your enemies, and they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you. Then verse 9, for I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt that you should not be their slaves? I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. Hallelujah. Isn't that glorious? And right almost in the middle of it, there was a verse that was put there for which was verse 9. The preceding verses were talking about what God planned to do for the nation of Israel. Now, this was not a personal um, a blessing. And it's good to claim it personally. It was a corporate blessing for a nation. And it's about time we begin to pray corporately and less personally. Because many a times, you know, personal prayer, we have brought them to the open. But that's, that's a topic for another day. So in verse 9, the Lord then told them how he was going to achieve the previous things he has planned for them as a group of people. And verses 10, 11, 12, and 13 spoke about other things. We've talked about favor. we talk about fruitfulness. But what is this covenant? He said, I will confirm my covenant with you. What is this covenant? What is the covenant? What is the covenant? You are probably... You know, read in your in, 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 in you know in some other places that that's what is called the old covenant and the new covenant. When God says I will confirm my covenant with you, what does it mean by covenant? What does it mean by covenant? As usual, let us reduce it to the smallest possible bit. And we will just use the scripture to back that up in a moment. I believe with all my heart that the scripture has only one theme and one agenda, just one. 
Just one. And if you study your Bible very well, from beginning to the end, there's just one thing. Any thoughts? Just one thing, not two. And that single theme the Bible has is called redemption. Genesis chapter 1, the Bible starts with redemption. In the beginning, what? God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and was void. And darkness was on the face of the deep or water. And the Spirit of God uh was overing over the face of the water. Verse 3, please. Then God said, let there be, and there was. God redeemed the situation. There was chaos, there was confusion, and God came into the situation and said, I will not leave it like that. Fast forward to the end of the Bible. And you get to to Revelation chapter 25, 21, verse 5, I think. Revelation 21, verse 5. My mind is moving faster than my mouth, Okay. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. The next 42 verses, which is the end, the completion of chapter 21, and the whole of chapter 22 was talking about that new state. So earth was messed up. Earth is corrupt, as you know it is right now. Very inhospitable place to live. I hope you know this is a very inhospitable place to live. Physically, the earth is a very inhospitable place to live. Spiritually, very much so. Then God came in, at the end of the scriptures, decided to turn the bad situation into good. Redeem the bad situation. Change it from what it is, and brought it to a new thing. So everything in the Bible, and I can start, if you want me to start, if I can throw a challenge to you, give me any passage in the Bible, and you find redemption there. Give me any story. If you don't take it out of context, redemption is there. The story of Job was redemption. The story of Esther was redemption. In Genesis chapter 3, immediately man fell. Redemption came in. Jesus Christ said, it was Jesus, I believe, speaking by the Holy Spirit, and uh, by the Father. He said, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of Satan. Redemption throughout. Noah, redemption. The whole earth was going to to perish. God brought him out. Enoch was redemption. What happened? If you don't don't know all these things, you might need to read the Bible and find them out. Enoch walked with God. God said, this earth is too bad for you. Come with me. I need you in heaven. Everything is redemption. And so I then started looking and said, well, if that's the single theme of the Bible, where do I fit in? And I can go on. Abraham brought from his homeland, took it to a new place. Isaac, redemption. Jacob, redemption. Everything is about redemption. So, please tell me, what is this redemption? Because you might be concerned and I'm worried that I said, well, this is a heavy theological discourse we are having this Sunday afternoon. What is redemption? What is redemption? I believe, as you probably will have noticed when I was talking, maybe with my gesticulation, I sense and I believe with all my heart, redemption is the act of pulling out. The act of pulling out. That is something is down there, is done in the dorm, and the plan and program of God is to pull out. Somebody say pull out. Uh, you know, sign the conviction. Say pull out. So when God says that, I will confirm my covenant with you, God says, I will pull you out. Oh, I don't know whether that says something to somebody here. (laughs) I'm going to pull you out. No matter where you find yourself, 
You just find yourself logged in somewhere. You couldn't get out of it. And believe you me, unless you are not living on planet Earth. I've got so many things the Lord has pulled me out from this week. He said, I will pull you out. Redemption. I will get you out of it. I will not leave you right in there. Everything may be working against you. It might be in your walk with God and you are struggling so hard. The Lord said, I will pull you out of that place. It might be just in a personal note with you. The Lord said, I'm going to pull you out. Redemption is not just a personal thing. The Lord says, he's going to pull this city out of the mess it is in. I hope you know it's in a mess. I hope you've walked our streets before. And it's not unique, just like any other city in the world. There's evil, there is filth, there is what should not be mentioned at all. I was listening on the telly yesterday, on the television yesterday, and there was a woman preaching. You know, it was not preaching from this nation, it was preaching from another nation. And, very, and she was so passionate about what she was talking about. How there seems to be a spate of... It was talking about rape. She was talking about rape. I, I didn't even know it was that bad. It said, it's just as if there's a demon released outside there. Maybe I'm cocooned where I am. I'm sheltered. And, and, and she was giving example upon example. And by the time she finished, I was, I was so shocked myself that, God, what is happening? And she was talking about it must be a demon in which incest is even kind of on the increase. Not just in any place. There are things happening behind that closed and back doors that we must cry unto God, Lord, pull your people out. Pull your people out. And listen to carefully to me and listen very well. If you don't do something, it might knock on your door. Because in general, that's what I've been warning us. Stop praying. Lord, you just bless me. Bless my dog. Bless my home. Speak about God. Because if you don't, it will reach your door. Say, it will not reach my door in Jesus' name. But before you say, it will not reach my door, make sure it does not reach your town. If it reaches your town, it's close enough to your door. And many of us don't even care if you reach our door. Just let it not reach me. Because if you write at my door, I will hide under the bed. Oh, it might be too late. Because I know people that don't even pay for the, pray for their families. You just wake up in the morning, Lord, I'm going again. It's just me, 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 me. When we're talking about the plan and the, the, the plan of redemption of God, it's a global plan. And I beg of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, begin to look at things more globally. And I can give you tons of examples of where we have closed our eyes. We have just thought it's not my problem, somebody else's problem. You probably have heard this quote before. He said, I don't know who said it. You probably have heard it. He said, he said when they came for the Jews, I said nothing. He said, they came for the uh, communists, I said nothing. He said, they came for the blacks, I said nothing. And I was listing it. He said, when they've gone around, there was nobody else that they can come for. They had to come for me. And many a times, we, ju- we, ju- we just blank out. If somebody's getting drunk, that is not my business. We're going out next Saturday by God's grace, 31st of October. I hope we're going to really pray into that this afternoon. That God will pull the people out. Is somebody there with me? And now, if the old of the scripture, if the old covenant is about pulling out, I, I, I want you to listen to this statement. I hope it's true. I hope it's true. I believe that the true mark of a person of covenant is how many times you are pulled out. The true mark of a child of covenant is how many times you are pulled out. The point is that we don't want to be pulled out. But whether we like it or not, we find ourselves in situations. 
We find ourselves getting involved with stuffs. And unless God stretches his hand to pull us out, we might just call it, you know, good night. And circumstances will come. We don't wish them. We don't look for them. And in fact, we pray against them because the Lord asks us to. But may I let you know that God of heaven and earth has only one agenda. And that agenda is to turn every ugliness into beauty. To turn every pain into joy. An opportunity presents itself every day. Presents every day to pull out the covenant of redemption. In the next few minutes, I will look at it from three main areas. And I use simple ABC, if you, if hopefully that will help us, just to talk over this over and over again. And trusting God that this will settle in our hearts and it will be something that we will run with. So if you want to title the message, you can title the message, The Redemptive Agenda. The Redemptive Agenda. A, acquaint yourself with the redemptive agenda. Acquaint yourself. Familiarize yourself. Wake it, leave it. Know that as I step out today, it's all about redemption. It's either I'm pulling somebody out or somebody's pulling me out. It's either I'm leaving where I am to move to a higher level or paradventure if I slip to a lower level, someone is there to pull me up and Jesus is the one who's working. Or maybe as I'm going through this, I find somebody whom I need to help to come out of where they are. Because I repeat again, from beginning to the end of the scripture is the old story of it went bad, God changed it to good. A man was crippled, Jesus came in, pulled him out of the place where he was crippled. A man was blind, Jesus came. So unless we are focused on the agenda of redemption, we may miss redemption. John chapter 1 verse 11. So that means I wake up every morning. I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. I just know that God is up to something. God has a setup. I woke up in the morning. I, I'm feeling that. I said, Lord, you want to pull me out. That is why. I wake up in the morning. I just say, Lord, this job thing, when will it change? I'm not even sure where the rent or mortgage will come from. Because we can't ignore that in this time in our city. It's a relevant message. It's a relevant information. And then that is you just making up your mind, God, you are up to some redemptive work today. That's how to acquaint yourself. So that you never fear. You just see God and the theme and the agenda of redemption playing itself out every moment, every day. And that means you will never be afraid. In John chapter 1 verse 11, he came unto his own and his own did not what? Why was it that they didn't receive him? They were expecting him, but they don't know how to identify him when he came. And that's very typical of most lives. We are expecting increase. We are expecting fruitfulness, but if they slap us on the face with fruitfulness, we won't even recognize it. And the simple reason is because we are not aware that the all of creation has only one purpose, to serve the redemptive program of God. That's all. That's all. And so, it is imperative for us to be on the alert, to keep our antenna open and ready to receive that every day is a day of redemption. Amen unto that one. Every day is a day of... 
If I enter that every day that way, I can be confident that somehow during that day, I will meet with redemptive work of Christ, and I will go to bed happier than I started that day. That one I'm sure of. And we cannot ignore it, because that is the center of it. Very quickly, B. A is to what? Acquaint yourself. So, know that as I go through, and it's not a fully formed thing. You, you need to just begin to devise it, to understand it, to know how to look out for the redemptive work of God. Just to, just to be on the lookout. Where we are, you are going down suddenly, you just see that God just pluck you out. Where you are not sure of how your tomorrow will be, God just gave you hope. God just pulled you out. Number two, B, benefit maximally from the redemptive agenda. Let no part of your life escape the redeeming work of God. Let no part, expose every part of you to God you are about to redeem. You are about, that's your covenant, to change, to pull out, to make worse good, to make um, good better, to make better best. That's the whole thing. And if peradventure I slide down from good unto bad, I know redemption will come in again and pick me up again. Amen unto that one. So you don't go away disgruntled and sad and grumpy and discouraged. Because there will be time when things will slide down. Remember, it's part of the program. You are coming up again. Remember, it might not be exactly the way you expected it when you wake up. But remember that because there's one theme for this day, and that theme is redemption. Without any doubt, something will have to change towards that redeeming work. So program yourself that you benefit maximally from this thing called redemption agenda. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, when everything is going well, your word should be, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. When all is going well. So, by the redeeming work of Christ. I know a few people who have lost their miracles because they started getting big-headed. They started, you could pick from their language that they now think that they are in charge. They are forgotten that it's all the redemptive work of Jesus. It's him who pulled you out. I've mentioned that to you a thousand and one times. Without the grace of God, you are worse than the worst person outside there. Forget about it. It's all about Christ pulling you out. And when things are not going as expected... It should be, his grace is sufficient for me. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Second Corinthians 12, verse 9. This man was going through serious challenges in his life. And he said he asked God one time, two times, three times. And nothing changed. And he said, and he said his grace is sufficient for me. Benefit maximally for you. Wake up tomorrow morning and say, I'm a child of covenant. I'm a child ordained to be redeemed from any situation that are contrary. Satan, you bring it, I'm coming out. The one that I'm in already, the Lord is bringing me out. When you are strong, when you are strong, you should be able to say, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 17. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 17. When you are weak, 
You should be able to say what? I can all things through Christ strengthens me. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. A continual work of grace in our life. Wherever you are, you are always a subject of the covenant of redemption. And God will do it and perfect it in the name of Jesus. A is to do what? Please. B is to benefit maximally. A, B, C. C is to communicate the redemptive agenda. Communicate it. Let others know there's a way out. Don't just, you know, people, when people bring doom and gloom, why don't you just tell them, in spite of the fact that you are going through issues yourself, have you lost sight of the fact that Jesus brought you this far? Someone is saying everything is bad. You know, we're not sure how this will be. You don't need to promise them that they will keep that job. But you can tell them that in spite of that, you can still have a fulfilling life. You don't need to be sad. You don't need to be sorrowful. Jesus can still come in. Communicate the redemptive agenda. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1. The apostle says, I do not, as workers together with him, I plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Communicate the grace of God. And you know very well the story in 2 Kings chapter 7 verses 8 to 9. 2 Kings chapter 7. Well, these lepers, they stumble on some blessings. And for a moment, they forgot that there were others that need to benefit. And their behaviors were very, very typical of our behavior, if we might just look at that. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank. Amen. And carried from it silver and gold and clothing. And went and hid them. Very typical. Then they came back and entered another tent. They keep amassing. And carry um, some from there also and went and hid it. The next verse, please. Then something happened. And they said to one another, oh, we are not doing right. How much silver of a whole army can we carry? How much gold? We are, I'm not sure they have been healed of their leprosy. And they probably still have fingers that were insensitive, rather stumpy. I said, we do not well. That this is a day of good news. May we all live here with that intention today. That what I'm mourning about, what I'm complaining about, is nothing compared to the pain of eternal damnation people are facing. You don't, you don't even know, when you have a God to call upon, how blessed you are. And, and this change of clock thing, may God help us with it in Jesus' name. You know, because we're going to change the clock, I, I said I, w- I would not lose that one. I will give that one hour. I ended up probably not, <laughs> I ended up probably not sleeping through the night. And that was good. Actually, it gave me an incredible time of just, I was all very early, came out of the house. And, and I, I was just... One of the things that struck me through those hours, there are people that don't know God to call on. There are people who, and talk of challenges, I have mine, but it's nothing compared to many other challenges outside there. But one thing that stuck with me, and I was just profuse, like that, Lord, I thank you, I can call on you. I thank you when I call on you, I can expect answers. I hope you know many people, since this 
problems, whether economic or whatever has started, that they have thrown in the towel. They've served harm to the extent of leaving this world. Yours has never come to that. Because you have someone who is watching over you. Communicate that to somebody. Most of our fears are based upon what, what about if they don't believe? What about if they believe? And are you, not, are you the one to do it? You have a testimony, share it. Communicate it formally, communicate it informally, passively, actively. When convenient, when not convenient, communicate it in part, communicate it in little bit. Just let people know that there is a redemptive agenda. And as you do so, the Lord himself will recompense you. As I close, remember that of all the things that the Lord pulled us out for, what is the number one thing? From our old ways into the new. That's why when you sin now, your conscience pricks you. That's why when you miss it now, you don't just continue doing it the old way. Do you still falter? Of course you may. But the only difference is that now the conscience has been awakened. The only difference now is that you now have a great cry in your heart to turn back unto God. And I'm assuming that all of us, we have experienced that number one pulling out, which is that we've been pulled out from eternal damnation. We've put our confidence in Jesus. We surrendered our lives unto him. If we've not, I will not make an altar call. Where you are now, talk to God. Just talk to him and say, Jesus, take control of my life. Pull me out of my old ways and lead me into new. And as you do that, your story will be one that will be a blessing unto many in the name of the Lord Jesus. The redemptive agenda. Part of what the Lord wants us to do this afternoon is to pray, amen, and to minister unto people. And that's why we've left so much of the time in readiness for that. But before we go on into that, I want you to personally ponder, just ponder for a little while, the areas of your life that you're expecting God to come in with his redemptive power. What seems hard, what seems impossible? That because the covenant is one covenant, and that is he wants to pull out. Speak to him in your own heart. And let him pull you out. Let him pull you out. Thank you, Father. Will you also ask that God will give you a deeper understanding that you will wake up day by day and because he said he will confirm his covenant with you, you will be expecting some redemptive work to be done in your life that day. Are you there with me? You just expect, you expect that something will change. It might not be something huge the first day, but God is faithful enough to encourage you and shift some things for you, move some things for you.
thank you, Father. And I also like you to pray that the grace to communicate not in necessarily glowing terms, not necessarily in an orderly manner, just to let people know that God does change things. That there is deliverance in God. It's probably all you need to do. And as we do so, our lives shall never remain the same in Jesus' name. I want us to please rise on our feet and want you to pray with me. We want to pray corporate open prayers right now. In a few minutes we will finish and we shall be on our way, I pray. But I want all of us to please with one heart and with one voice cry unto God that he will come in and save the land and deliver those that are bound. Year in, year out, we have respectfully said the knee-jerk reaction about Halloween. After next weekend, we will be quiet about it until another year. And yet, so many uncomplimentary and dodgy things and sometimes clearly diabolical things with Halloween. But just the periodical fit of action is not what will change things. It's a deliberate, intentional desire to see the land changed. To see your neighbor come to Jesus. That's what will change it. If you take care of God's business, God will take care of my business. So I want all of us to pray from the bottom of our hearts that over this city, over my neighborhood, let the redeeming work of Christ manifest, walk there, and turn the place around. That nothing shall remain the same in my locality. It might be a prayer you will struggle to pray for the first time. But as we begin to set our hearts on that, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That as we wish and desire that the kingdom of God will come upon our locality, we can be sure God will honor it. I will confirm my covenant with you. Cry out unto the Lord and ask him to confirm his covenant with us. Ask him to confirm his covenant of redemption with our neighbors, with our street, with our city. Send your fire, O oh God, and save my city. Save Abadino, God. Lord, over West Hill, down my street, O oh God, there's a lot of work that your spirit wants to do. And you're only looking for a man who will invite you in. I stand in the name of Jesus to invite you to my street, oh God. To ask you to come in in power and exercise and let the redemption agenda play out in my street in the name of Jesus. Lord, it's time. 
It's time to see your glory. It's time to see your power manifest in every nook and cranny of this city. Can there be children of light in this city that are still darkness? Can there be salt in this city and is still tasteless and bland? Oh Lord, we cry unto you this afternoon. We call down your power. We call down and we say, let the redemptive agenda, let the redemptive theme, oh God, the pulling out, let it take root in this city beginning from today. Oh, send help, oh God. Please pray with me if you may. Look up unto the heavens, as I said. In just less than seven days from now, we shall be hitting the streets. We shall be taking the, rege- the redemptive message. We shall be taking the redemptive agenda. The pull out agenda. The one who can pull out. We're going to declare him unto people. Oh Lord, we cry from today. Go ahead of us, oh God. Let your church increase and multiply. Let us no longer be a reproach. Let us no longer be encroached upon. Let us no longer be a, a church that is, that is being made irrelevant. Not because the world wants to, but because we have made ourselves irrelevant. Lord, the redemptive agenda over my city, Rabadi. Over my neighborhood, oh God. Save in large numbers, oh God. Touch the heart of these people. Let your word be mighty and sharp in my mouth. Let me know the joy that comes with winning souls and bringing men unto the knowledge of our God. Lord, we have cried about our needs for so long, but there's a need that heaven has, and that is that the hearts of men shall be turned unto you. Turn the people around, O oh God. Do it again, O oh God. Renew it again, O oh God. Let your name be glorified, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. He is the Lord and He reigns on high. He is the Lord. Spoken to darkness, created. Who is like unto Him ever and living day?
lift up your voice and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, the power of your gospel shall come into our city, into our neighborhood, into our workplaces. Now, in the name of Jesus, lift up your voice and say, Lord, let your power come. He said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy kingdom come. Let your power come, O God. Turn the heart of people back unto yourself. And as we go forth, O God, souls of men shall be turned unto you. Oh, it's about the redemptive agenda. You are desirous to pull somebody out. Pull them out, oh God. Somebody call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. Please call with me. Plead with heaven. Send revival, oh God. Let all the darkness vanish from this land, oh God. Turn the heart of the young and the whole back unto yourself. Let there be a record in heaven, oh God, that the bunch of people gathered on Palmerston Road today and demand of heaven that the hand of God, that the redemptive agenda be established, be enforced, oh God, be enforced, oh God, be enforced in the name of the Lord Jesus. Send your power, oh God, send your power, oh God, show your glory, oh God. Lord, we shall be asked one day, I planted you in Abaddon. I did not allow water to be there. I allowed food to be there plenty. But what did you do for me? Did you call on my name? Did you ask me to come? I gave you that city as your inheritance. But did you possess it for me? Or you were running for your own little things? Lord, we repent of our individual and selfish agenda. We say, send your fire. Send your fire, oh God. Revive this city, my Father. Turn the heart of people unto yourself. Heal the sick. Deliver the bound. Let your glory be made known, oh God. Oh, send your fire. Send your fire. Show your power. In the name of the Lord Jesus, begin to bring your prayer to the close. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. The men of old, in the book of Acts, the Bible said they gathered together and they cried unto God. They were not praying silent prayer. They were praying passionately. He said that thou will stretch your hand and heal and save. Brethren, they both go hand in hand. We're going to pray that the hand of the Lord will be stretched into the church, first of all. And from the church, the hand of the Lord will be stretched into the community. A mighty work shall be done in the name of Jesus. I said, a mighty work shall be done in the name of Jesus. The man shall say, indeed, there's no other God but Jehovah. And all the honor and glory will go unto you. Want you to pray one more prayer with me before we deal with issues that one or two things the Lord laid on my heart to minister to people about. I want you to please pray that one more time you will do it again, oh God. You've done it before. 
And it just started with a bunch of people just saying, look, there's more to this thing. There's more to this following Jesus. We, there are many things we've denied ourselves. About. If it's just about this to eat and drink or whatever, come on. If that's all, we might as well just go and do something else. And they cried and I said, Lord, let there be an expansion of your kingdom. So you're going to pray with me. That God will stretch his hand. And as he stretch his hand, many shall be saved and healed and delivered in our communities in the name of Jesus. Your door shall be a house where many will come and receive deliverance. And I tell you when that begins to happen, the joy of it, you can never quantify it. So we're not going to miss out on that joy and that excitement. Say, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Now you go forth and be after your fruit may abide. That whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he might give you that your joy may be full. They're all connected. The fruit of beer is the fruit of the souls of men. And when you ask for those souls, I will give unto you. And then a joy follows it. So many depressions are not because of our situation. As believers, it's because we are not tapping from the joy of sin so saved. It says that don't restore unto me the joy of salvation. Though it was praying personally, but it also can be corporate. There's a joy with salvation. I'm going to call the hand of the Lord down. And I will first pray for us. And my prayer will be very short. And then you will take this prayer point after that very quickly and then we'll pray one or two prayers and we say the grace and go. Father, I know that I'm suffering for you, brethren. Just listen and agree with me. I ask, Lord, that there will be a change of paradigm. That a new awakening in all our hearts. Every one of us, including myself, without exception, that we will see number one request of our lives is to see your kingdom come. Do that inner work in us today. And let your name be glorified. So I want you to join with me and say, Father. Pray that. We pray confession. Confession that we all say the same thing at the same time. It gives amplification unto it. It gives synergy unto it. And without any doubt, spiritually, it works like you cannot imagine. So together... Meaning it from your heart, say with me, Father, in the name of Jesus, your word says, ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. Therefore, Lord, we ask for Aberdeen, for Scotland, for our neighborhood, as an inheritance that you will save, you will heal, and you will deliver with your mighty power beginning from today in the name of Jesus. Please pray that your over Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will stretch your hand and that you will heal and save and deliver and many souls shall be turned unto you do it from today we have experienced your pulling out we have experienced your plucking 
And we pray, oh God, you will continue to do that in our midst like never before. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We magnify you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is a kind God. You know, when I was preparing this, he dropped one or two things in my heart. A specific needs that are in the house. He knows what will be in the house. And peradventure, you are here today as the Lord has revealed. You have excruciating lower uh, tummy pain. And it almost stopped you from coming to church. That's the way it came to my heart. Just lift your hand wherever you are. I want to pray for you. Anybody upstairs? Anybody? God bless you. Okay, that's a man there. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, man. All right? Just come forward quickly. Let me just lay a hand upon you. And then the second category of people, you have, we call it frontal headache. Headache in front of your head. Uh, the redemptive hand of the Lord is here. If you are there, please lift up your hand as well. Anybody? Okay, come out as well. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Please stretch your hand with me and let's pray for them. Let's pray for them. Just those ones. Don't worry if you have any other needs, the Lord will meet you. Uh, if you don't have frontal headache and you don't have abdominal pain, don't come out so that you don't receive it. Amen. Uh, so whatever you have, God will meet you there. Uh-huh. So, because sometimes we make contact with people just say, ah, you may not call my condition. Let me go and get laid off hand. All right. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Please stretch your hand with me and let's pray for them. The healer is here. His name is Jesus. And all I would do, I would just lay my hand gently upon them and the healing virtue of the Lord will flow into them. Just in faith, brethren, if you just lift your hand, don't fold your hands if you may. Just lift your hands unto God. It's a sign of receiving. One of the things the Lord told me, please just open your hands and lift it unto God. Open your hands and lift it. Just open your hands. Uh, we must know how to receive our hands. Open your hands. Yes. Uh, you are receiving from God. Hallelujah. Please pray for them. Remember, we said we're not going to just be selfish anymore. It's not going to be about me, me, me. Pray for somebody. Your healing ministry may start from here. You know, it might be your prayer that the Lord will specially attend to. And then he said, because you pray so fervently. Okay, from now on, the healing anointing will rest upon you. And so you go to your own home. You just lay hand on the child. You know, with a little bit of running nose, quickly the thing disappears. Ah, that's you. Pray from all your heart. Let's build, build together. Pray, pray, pray with me. Uh, we're not spectators, we're a body. We function together. And that's why we function best. So I shall get ready as I lay my hands upon these ones. Get ready, get ready. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Receive in the name of 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 Jesus. Receive right now in the name of Jesus. Receive right now in the name of Jesus. Receive right now in the name of Jesus. Receive now in the name of Jesus. Receive now, now, now. Let the work be complete. Receive right now in the name of Jesus. Receive the torch of the Lord right now in the name of Jesus. Receive right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Receive now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Receive right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Receive right now in the name of Jesus. Receive right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. 
There are long-term illnesses here. The Lord is stretching his hand to you right now. So wherever you are, lift up your hand unto the Lord. You know, you have a long-term sickness that requires you taking regular medication. The hand of the Lord is upon you. The hand of the Lord, specifically, you know, in person, the Lord gave me somebody with left knee pain. You don't need to come out. The Lord is healing you right there, right now. Right there. It's not going to be, it's going to be an instant one the Lord has promised for you. Right now, as many as have got long-term situations in your life that you need a touch of, just lift your hand unto the Lord and I will pray right now. Father, we thank you for today. We are grateful for your presence in our midst. Lord, I release your word of life and healing unto your people. The Bible says, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but you have come that we may have life and have it abundantly. I command in the name that is above all name, restoration for you into the place of wholeness in the name of Jesus. Let the redemptive work, the pulling out work of Christ be done upon you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are a child of covenant, you must walk in covenant. You are a child ordained for daily redemption, you must walk in that redemption. At the end of this coming week, before the new month, none of you will remain where you are today, but you will have advanced in the name of Jesus. He has told you that this is your season to understand the redemption agenda. And right now, let that redemption agenda be enforced in your lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. Wheresoever you have been caged, you are brought out right now. Wheresoever you have been repressed, the lid is removed from your head right now. That's why depression is very far from you. That's why confusion is not your portion anymore. In the name that's above every name, receive it right now. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. Let the yoke be broken. Oh, child of covenant, step into the place of redemption. Step into the place of being pulled out. And from today onward, you are an instrument for pulling others out in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, rock of our salvation. We know that this is a new beginning for us. We know our fruit shall abide. As I've sought your face, oh God, that before the end of this year, there will be unprecedented multiplication. There will be unprecedented increase in every aspect of life concerning us. So shall it be in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we give you all the honor and glory. We give you praise. Come on, give him praise in the house. The Lord is worthy to be praised. The Lord is worthy to be praised. You cannot live here the same because the hand of the Lord is mighty upon you. Thank you, Rock of Ages. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. Thank you, Father. This is for somebody. And it's going to be, you may be seated. Don't worry. Uh, three minutes, we should go. This is for somebody. And if you're going to do it, you're going to do it in faith. In your own time, haven't prepared your heart. And you probably will have noticed that I don't do this often. Even I don't do several hallelujahs often. But 50. In your own time. They're not here. It's not a private, it's not a public thing. You will cry from the bottom of your heart. Let Jehovah be praised. Which is a summary which we call hallelujah. 50 times. When you are doing it, 
when you finish doing it, those that really need it, when you finish doing it, you will feel something drop from you. The only thing I believe the Lord is asking of you is that when that happens, give him the glory and as appropriate, testify. And his name shall be praised in your life as well. It's not for everybody. Specific people that immediately I mentioned it, you know it's for you. Go ahead and do it. And the reward of it shall be mighty for you. Praise the name of our God. We have our flashy program, the Christmas Carol, on the 5th of December. Hallelujah.